Ferrari looked as though they were getting back on the charge for the championship, but the prancing horse fell short an early hurdle yet again last weekend in France. Hello and welcome back to the Grid Talk podcast, everybody. This is episode number 218, where we're going to be previewing the 2022 Hungarian Grand Prix. I'm your host, George Housen, and joining me today, we have Phil Matthew from the Grip Strip podcast. Hello. Co-founder of the F1 Chronicle, Dev Tiagi. Hey, guys. And one of our Grid Talk co-hosts, Louis Edwards. Hello. So, lads, let's get into this race. Obviously, uh, Max Verstappen got back to winning race for for Red Bull in the uh, in the last race in France. Round Paul Ricard, Phil, he's got a great lead in the championship. I think it's over sixty points now, over two wins. It's looking extremely ominous, and this is also a track that historically, anyway, has favoured Red Bull a lot as well. It, can anybody stop him this weekend in Hungary? I doubt it. Um, I want to go and have a positive uh, feeling about somebody, you know, uh, Lewis has done very well there over his career. It's one of his best racetracks. There aren't very many tracks over his career, to be fair, that are bad for him. But um, he, you look at Ferrari and they have great one lap pace, but in the race, they're not able to put it together or something happens or they crash or, you know, insert whatever Mad Lib you want for how Ferrari figures out a way to give it away. Um, Red Bull are just steady and they don't step on themselves. Uh, even when they step on themselves, they still figure out ways to get save podiums and do really, really well. Um, I mean, Max will, will be energized to want to go and, get on the end of the first half of the season with another victory, add more points to his, you know, gen- almost insurmountable lead at this point um, without having a lot of, um, lot of um, mechanical issues. Mechanical issues. Um, so um, with that, I think he is a favorite, of course, going in. I would say that Sergio Perez would uh, – will come back after an off weekend last weekend at Paul Ricard and um, kind of be the support that he's been most of the year. And um, Ferrari, it's up to Ferrari and Mercedes and whoever else wants to join the party to actually show up and make them work for it. Um, Max Verstappen looks like it's going to be pretty smooth for him, not just this weekend, but for the rest of the season. Yeah, unfortunately, it does kind of look like that in a way. And I don't mean that in any disrespect for Max Verstappen. I just want to see some sort of title fight. You know, I, as everybody knows on this show, I am not a fan of Ferrari, but I was extremely disappointed to see Leclerc crash out like he did because it looked like Ferrari, you know, they could have got a run together, could have challenged for either championship. But it's a big old gap in both of them now. And, you know, they've only got themselves to blame, really. Um, and, and that's a very good point that Phil makes as well, Dev, the fact that, you know, Red Bull, they don't always have the fastest car, but they're extremely reliable. And it's it's incredible, really, given that both of their cars retired in the opening race. It's completely flipped around. You know, Ferrari are now the unreliable one, whether it's the car or whether it's the driver, whether it's the strategy. You know, even if they are quicker, you wouldn't really bet on them to best Red Bull at the moment with how, how the Trek car signs in particular in the last race. Yeah, I think, George, absolutely valid point. I think it's about time that Ferrari called themselves the Scuderia Box Ferrari Box. That's what they are, essentially. Uh, how else would you justify pitting Carlos Sainz the moment he overtakes uh, Sergio Perez of all drivers? Um, 
as far as the talk about reliability goes i think again you're back on point uh, red bull were the ones who were really bidding it not anymore they have got more wins and uh, i think they have really hit back at ferrari so any chances of the scuderia increasing that momentum momentum that they got uh, at the back of silverstone and spielberg two sensational wins back to back i think it has been thrashed done away with red bull have really hit back and i don't honestly see how going forward at the hunger roaring ferrari can keep uh, red bull at bay is there a chance that they really can uh, figure out a podium probably yes but a solitary podium vis-a-vis a max verstappen win for ferrari is not going to help is it because i think the lead is really extending the gap is just too ominous for it to be ever giving ferrari any signs of comfort yeah i think i'm i'm with you there dev completely i think um, the only real hope that um the ferrari have now is some sort of retirement for uh, for red bull and it it just doesn't really look like happening it doesn't look like happening they look very solid they look very consistent and in Sergio Perez as well they've got a very good second driver too um but we have to give a mention to another team that have really turned a corner quite literally uh, in the last few rounds of so mercedes now legitimately they beat perez both them both of them so lewis hamilton getting second place george russell getting third their first double podium of the season hamilton's second was his highest finish this season and mercedes as well lewis so around a track where sir lewis has won something like seven or eight times it's one of his favorites and one where it's very difficult to overtake as well could they upset a few this weekend i i definitely think there's potential you know mercedes have been doing a great job of taking every single advantage of when Red Bull are looking weak or have issues or when Ferrari are looking weak and have issues and that it came to the forefront last week when uh one of the Red Bulls was completely off the pace and you know the two Ferraris were well one in the wall one at the back you know they they made you know great calls um when they did and they got a double podium which has been well deserved because while mercedes have not been the quickest they have been possibly the most consistent out of those <laughs> front three teams you know they are always there and thereabouts and yeah when you when you bring it to a track which lewis is incredibly quick at has always gone very well at you would not only just hope for something good you'd expect something good and i think if you know on pure pace it's hard to tell if they would actually be up in the podium but you can bet that if anything happens to any of those front four cars they're they're ready to snatch onto that podium yeah absolutely that's that's the thing with mercedes again like red bull in a sense they're extremely reliable they have that unlike red bull they've had absolutely no mechanical failures this season resulting in a retirement their only retirement being george russell's crash at the start of the the british grand prix that's the only time they are always there there about and russell in particular unbelievably consistent always up there in the top 5 and uh, phil mentioned in a little chat there hamilton with eight wins around hungary which is it's it's just ridiculous how good he is around there as i mean it's ridiculous how good he is around a lot of tracks as well to be fair um hamilton looking at times as though he could have challenged max verstappen for the win in france but in the end max and red bull they just had too much pace they opened the gap up um but you never know they could they could spring a surprise absolutely especially if a, a driver runs into trouble or they can spring another strategy call um now another team that are looking surprisingly good at the moment are uh, alpine and they're up into fourth place i believe now yeah they have they have passed mclaren into fourth place uh, phil and fernando alonso in particular 
he's been excellent and we know how good he was around this track last year as well and of course not forgetting Esteban Ocon who himself has been putting in some great performances and of course he won here last year so again if anybody can spring a surprise in the top three teams it's probably Alpine yeah definitely George I mean uh, last year of course the performance that uh, what do you call Esteban Ocon had to get his first career win holding off the challenge of Sebastian Vettel and Aston Martin was a great battle. I mean, the subtext was how Mercedes screwed up um, the strategy for Lewis Hamilton and he had to come from all the way in the back. And then um, Fernando Alonso made his Renault a taxi cab um, or Alpine. Uh, but they have, a, they're, it depends on the track, but they generally are that next team, um, more races than not. In regards to the midfield, they're the first of the midfield at the moment because of their point situation. They're, on, they're four points out of McLaren, but McLaren, it seems like they're, there's just races and racetracks that that car does not perform very well. And they're basically working with two drivers versus the one in the case of McLaren. Um, they do have a chance this weekend. It's a track that Fernando Alonso has done well at over his career when his first career race there um you know and uh the stats show it i mean he's essentially uh the third best driver who's actually made more than one start there so um the chances for for alpine are high to get a solid top 10 result for sure possibly get both our cars in to q3 and then have a chance at a top five finish top six finish and of course you know if people have problems, if Ferrari, of course, keep stepping on themselves or if, um, you know, Red Bull has some sort of issue with like a powertrain or some other thing that could kind of creep up, um, which has happened this year. Um, Alpine look like they're going to be able to step up and uh, get some good points. So Alonso's in a good state of mind. El Plan is working for him. Ocon's going to be happy coming back to the track where he won his first career race. And um, I think all systems go for Alpine at the moment. I don't, I think uh, Alonso probably would have wanted a little more, but to be the best of the rest, I think isn't such a bad thing. Um, and it gives them a platform to build on um, as they get into the second half of the season. Yeah, they've definitely improved since last year for sure. Um, obviously, you know, Alonso will want it more. He's a guy who's won championships, won countless races, and he's got our podiums too. So we want, we want more, of course. But he also realizes this is a long-term project, and they are they are going in the right direction. And of course, they did get a, a good result out in their home race, sixth and eighth for Alonso and Ocon last time in France. Um, now, a team that have. Uh, it's a, it's kind of bittersweet the last result in France for them. On on the positives, Ricardo looks to have caught. Norris a lot in terms of pace. They're a lot closer. Obviously, Ricardo a couple of places back on Norris, but he looks passable. You know, it was it wasn't miles off. He wasn't not in the points. He was he was almost where you'd expect him to be really with the pace of that car. But on the other hand, they were not as fast as Alpine. The car looks a bit slower than it. it looks like it's lost some pace to it. So Dev can Hungary kind of give McLaren a a more positive result this weekend? Or is it going to be more of the same where they're just trying to catch up to Alpine and don't really get there? I think um, for starters, uh, somebody like Daniel Ricciardo in, in McLaren should be hoping for a great result simply because of the fact that should they actually finish in points, it would be the first time this season that the honey badger of 
Perth finishes uh, three consecutive races in points, which is funny. It just shows the kind of struggle he's had. The fact that in the 12 rounds that have been held so far, he's only been able to score points in four races. But I think in terms of an overall uh, result, an overall competitive result, it just depends upon, for the lack of a cliched expression, the kind of package that McLaren put forward, which I think off late, um, starting from Silverstone, hasn't really been hampering their progress as such. But I think Norris still holds the upper hand. And as you guys are saying that Ricardo is really catching up in terms of race pace with uh, the young uh, Briton. I think uh, there's still some work to be done, but I think Ricardo overall finds himself in a in a in a better place. But who knows what may happen? You know, Alpine still uh, seem to hold the edge because I think uh, it's almost like Alonso of the 2005 and six is back. Alonso of the old is evident pretty much from the off. All these races, like especially the last few races, so I think um, the Alpine versus McLaren battle, yeah. Should be an and uh, an enthralling saga in the race that's about to come. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, Alonso is on top form. He had an unlucky and kind of slow start to the season in some ways, especially in terms of points. But yeah, he's really turned it around. That car is literally again like Mercedes. It's turned a corner. Um, but McLaren, well, we'll have to see how they get on. I mean, they're my team. I love to see them do well, but. It, it's it's looking unlikely they're going to keep fourth this season because they're they're already behind and it's they're slipping further behind with every race unfortunately so we'll see we'll see how they get on Ricardo does look better but yeah he'll obviously be hoping to actually beat Norris in a race which he's not done for quite some time I don't think I don't even know if he's done it at all at any point this during the season to be honest um, but yeah we've mentioned the the team that are in fifth so I'm going to give a mention that if you give us a five star review on Apple Music uh, you can get a shout out at the start of the show. And you'll also be entered into a prize draw to win some free merchandise as well from our from our store, fronchronicle.com forward slash store. So yeah, uh, leave us a review for that. If you want to get some merch, if you want to buy some merch anyway, just be sure of it. Head over to the store. It's, I'll just give you the address for it. So, so yeah, let's move on to the next team. Let's move on to uh, Alfa Romeo, Louis. Now they've, they've fallen off fallen off in terms of pace a little bit. Uh, they've not scored points for three rounds, which is disappointing for them. The car not quite having the same levels of pace, especially in qualifying, but if they can rekindle that pace, they can get a good result around Hungary because we know how hard it is to pass. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's been it's been kind of weird to see um, Alfa Romeo this year. They've, they've had, you know, their bits of pace where we've seen some really great results from Bottas and even some good... Um, you know, good qualifying, good road results from Guan Yu Zhou. Um, but unfortunately, his luck has been uh, in the pan uh, in, the, in the last few races. He, of course, he DNF in the last race, and then we had his his crash at Silverstone. Um, and as for Bottas, I think he's just really doing what the most he can with that car. I don't think it has the relative pace to really keep up with um, the McLaren and the Alpines at the moment. It's more fighting the um, the Alpha Tauris. Um, so yeah, I think they'll be looking to get sort of the lower end of the points, you know, if they could, um, snatch, um, you know, a god point from some collisions. I mean, last year we saw one epic collision, but I think Bottas will not want to start that one this time. He'll want to drive past it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's, Alfa Romeo have been a, <laughs> such a tough team to talk about because you really don't know where they're going to be from one weekend to the next. Um, but 
I think they're probably due some points pretty soon because they're not slow by any means. They're they're still very much in this midfield battle, and they just need to be a bit more consistent, work on their reliability a bit, and um, hopefully that will get them some you know eighth, ninth, tenth. Yeah, just to is... add to that point, oh, um, Valtteri Bottas, I think he's P9 on the driver's standings. I think he has 46 points of his own. So it's it's a significant improvement where the 2021 fortunes were vis-a-vis where the team is at the moment, isn't it? So I think they should really move forward into the summer break after the hunger ring with the, so many added positives. I think the car is, uh, if not the fastest, it's, it's really... Anything but the 2021 slouch that Raikkonen and Giovinazzi are struggling with. Just that point. Yeah, no, I mean that's a good point, Dev. They've they've improved massively since last year. Um, you know they were, you know they were down there at the bottom. They were, they were, they were down there with Williams and Haas, and they're still with Haas. Haas have obviously improved a lot this they year. They were back them. Yeah, absolutely. You know they were they were looking terrible, quite frankly. But you know Bottas in particular, you know his qualifying pace has been excellent, and uh, Guan Yu Zhou as well. He's been so so unlucky with mechanical failures. I really feel for the guy because you know what he is for me is the biggest surprise of the season. I did not think he'd be this good. I didn't think he'd be bad by any means. I just thought he'd be you know solid if not a little unspectacular. But at times he's been really quick. You know, fair play to him. He's coming to Formula One and he surprised a lot of people, including me. So more power to him. Um, but yeah, we'll move on. We'll move on to the team that are hoping to uh, to catch uh, Alfa Romeo this weekend. Uh, Phil, and we're making good ground on the Haas team. Now, no, a, no, a non-score for them in, in France as well, but the car did have good pace. I think Mick Schumacher got into Q3 again. And again, we've mentioned a few times, if you qualify well around Hungary, you're probably going to get some good points. So how do you see them getting on this weekend? I think for them, it's a case of... Uh, Magnuson, I read on Motorsport uh, that Magnuson will have upgrades, but it'll just be him. So unfortunately for Mick, he won't have the upgrade package. But then we've seen a few races ago where Williams brought the upgrade for Albon and it worked the other way, essentially. And uh, Latifi actually had the better weekend. Um, But in this case, it's a good, I think it's a solid track for them to make points up on uh, Hungary or make points on uh, the Alfa Romeo team, but to we have to see what happens with the new um, upgrades that they bring to the table. Uh, Botas isn't bad there. Joe, I think, has been relatively successful in his lower formula days there. So it's going to be a tough ask. Um, but you know, it it they it's not insurmountable if they can put double point scores together and Mick is bat is on on the board now so um we'll see what what practice holds for them and how they do in the sense of um the pace especially for Magnuson and that may tell the tale of what really happens with them I think uh Mick is just gonna want to consolidate try to get definitely get into Q2 uh possibly flirt with Q3 I think Magnuson is going to want to get points here um, at going into the the summer break to give them the positive energy uh, as they wait, they take the time off to see, um, get rest and everything. So we'll, I'm I'm hopeful for Haas that they'll be able to score some points, maybe make a little bit of ground on Alfa Romeo, but it's really all up to the upgrade. <laughs> 
Yeah, it absolutely is. It's a development race, of course, in um, in Formula 1, especially in the midfield. And Haas have not agreed their car at all this season, I think, so far. So it's interesting to see how quick they are, particularly in qualifying after they've had this upgrade. Um, and, and they've pulled well clear of uh, Alpha Tauri Dev, who are in eighth. And they're having, a re- they're having a really average season, to say the least. They haven't scored in four races in a row. And Yes, they are a, the bona fide B team. They are the second team of Red Bull. And, you know, they are a proving ground for their for their young drivers. But the lack of pace they've been having has really got to disappoint them. And, and especially Pierre Gasly as well for me. He's really regressed this season. He had a lot of desperate damn moves in, in France. They just weren't working out. They, you know, they, they, need a, they need a good result, but it's kind of hard to see them doing it this weekend. Yes, George, uh, Gasly... I mean, I'm quite surprised. Just 16 points so far this season. He's P13 on the driver's standings. Sonoda 16 or probably 15, I think 16. There's not been the year that, uh, you know, the the Alpha Dowdy team would have expected. And I think Gasly was quite vocal about the need for the team to introduce some massive upgrades, especially after the low-key result at Silverstone, which, well, nobody expected. But then opening lap, skirmishes are as old in Formula 1 as last lab overtakes but um, I, I don't really know when the team are planning to introduce any upgrades because they really are very slow on pace and just not even a patch of where they were in the 2020 and the 2021 season and yeah I mean just uh, having not even scored 20 points this year I really think that if there's one driver who's really willing to scream out of his lungs then it's the rune born um, Gasly. Not really sure what's happening there, to be honest. No, I, I'm not either. They, uh, the, there is some pace in that car. It has shown it at times, but the, they're just woefully inconsistent in terms of, at times, the mechanical issues, but also just the drivers, really. They've, uh, they've been miles off, really. It's, uh, it's a big surprise. And, and Louis, it's not out of the realms of possibility for, uh, for Aston Martin to catch him this week. And obviously, Vettel, I know I know he was disqualified, obviously, last year, but he did have his best result. He was second place. He had some excellent plays. He would he would have won the race, obviously. It sounds obvious, but he would have won the race if he passed Ocon. He was faster than him. Um, so how, how do you see them getting on this weekend? Because Lance Stroll, again, credit to him, got a good point. Did very well around France, in my opinion. And these are a, these are a team that love running long on the strategy. And if they get a late safety car, they can get some good points. Yeah, it does seem to be their kind of their saving grace. Is they they actually have a decent strategy. Maybe they should um, you know move over to Ferrari. <laughs> might yeah, might work a bit better. But uh, no, you got to give it to Aston Martin because on on a Saturday, look, they look woeful. They look slow. They're more or less out of Q one um, most of the time, and then. You know, come Sunday, we're I definitely am shocked to see on the leader. I was like, "Wow, Dan Stroll's tenth, what?" Um, uh, yeah, and they're doing, you know, they're doing fine things on a Sunday. So clearly, there's more race pace than um, just raw pace in that um, that Aston Martin. And to be honest, I expect more or less the same. I I wouldn't expect fireworks on a on a Saturday for from this Aston Martin because I think just on a one lap pace they don't have it. But um, yeah, if they can make an interesting strategy work as, you know, if there's a safety car, any sort of way to maybe get an edge on their um, on their opponents um, during this race, I think they'll definitely take advantage and I think they'll move up the field. And uh, yeah, as you said, it was good. It's a good trap for Sebastian Vettel. I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, up or near the points and for Lance, it's kind of a bit of a dice roll, but um, if he can get in the points, then 
yeah, it'd be fair play to him. Yeah, it's definitely not out, out of the realms of possibility at all. You know, I mean, they do in, in qualifying over one lap, their car quite simply is woeful. It's probably the slowest on the grid, apart from Nicholas Latifi. We'll get on into him very shortly. Um, but in terms of the race pace, they're not they're not too bad. Genuinely, I mean, Lance Stroll, he was, ca- he was catching Ricardo. He, he could have got ninth. He's, he passed him a few times this season. I think he passed him in the closing stage and so the uh, the Canadian Grand Prix this year as well. So there is pace in that car during the race. It's just over one lap for some reason. They just cannot fire the thing up. I don't know what it is. Um, and we know how poor qualifying is around Hungary. So if they're going to need to do it at some, if they need to do it at some point, it's going to be this weekend. But we'll see how they get on with that. Um and lastly, let's get on to Williams, Phil. I mean, I don't have to tell you they didn't score in the last round. It's not really a, a big surprise. Um, Latifi, I think he spun out of something, didn't he? he retired from that race. He, uh, he did not have a good race again. And uh, Alex Albon doing all he can, but he can only race what he's given and what he's given is not particularly quick. Yeah, it's. we were thinking, I think a lot of people were thinking Williams was going to take uh, a step forward this year with new regulations and possibly being able to um, compete a little more with their relative competition, whether that be Haas, whether that be uh, Alfa Romeo Sauber, or now in this case, Aston Martin. But unfortunately, that has not come to fruition. Alex Albon is driving relatively well. Uh, I think uh, he's doing what they're asking him to do relative to the car that they have which is not good at all um latifi we can we've spent plenty of time um, not just myself but others on this program talking about latifi and his relative lack of performance um this was around the time last year that george started putting those q3 it was in the summer where they were putting q3 performances together for george and then he eventually got those big points um but that isn't going to happen this year. Uh, there really is no um, opening where that seems like it's going to happen. And it's not, I don't think it's because it's just a car. I, I mean, Albon and him are BFFs, but Albon isn't as good of a driver as George is. Um, it's, it's just unfortunate, you know, seeing a team that has been a historically good team over time in the past and, you know, the place where Nigel Mansell locked up his world championship after winning, I don't know, his however many Grand Prix of that season. And you think about 30 years later, you know, they're in the back and they're just hoping to make you too. Uh, it's, it's a pretty sad circumstance. But I think anything, if anything is going to happen, it'll be with the 23 car and um, Albon will do the, uh, it's a circuit which, a lot of the deficiencies of cars can be muted if you have good grip, mechanical grip. So who knows? Maybe they put a great setup on there. They come up with something, pull it out of their hat, and maybe Albon can compete. But um, I have a hard time believing that's going to happen, though. Yeah, it is. It is hard to see happen. But if if it's going to happen at any point during this season, it's potentially around this track because I think last year they did get double points here. Um, so they, they do have a good history around this track and it is one that if you do do a good qualifying performance like Albon has been doing you can keep that result but let's see, let's see, what, let's see what happens with them um, so we've gone through all 10 teams, all 20 drivers 
Uh, before we get into the predictions, though, I'm just going to give a mention that if you want to want to follow us on social media, you can head over to uh, head over to Twitter. Where you can find us at F1 Chronicle. Head over to Facebook, find us on F1 Chronicle, and also you can find us on TikTok now as well. If you want to listen or watch my uh, my weekly rant videos, my, my weekly sexy second videos, and unsurprisingly, I did go and uh, have a little rant about Ferrari this week. But I'm sure you'll be able to discover that yourself. So head over to TikTok and give us a follow on there as well. Um, but yes, let's let's go into our predictions. So I'm going to say for my top three, I I just got a feeling it's quite boring. But I think Matt Stafford's going to win. I, I don't I don't personally see anybody else. I think it's the bridge too far for Mercedes to win. I I am going to give Sir Lewis second place though, and I'm going to give a very frustrated Charles Leclerc third. I think that Mercedes are going to do them with at least one car this weekend um, on strategy. Because again, we've said it a lot, but we know how bad Ferrari strategy is. Um, Dev, what are your top three predictions for this weekend? Fernando Alonso for a top five finish. Lewis Hamilton on the podium. And a Ferrari driver winning the Grand Prix. Who, who, who's that Ferrari driver and who gets second place? The one Ferrari is not really essentially considering their go-to driver. The one with more podiums than Leclerc. Oh, really? No, I'm just... It's just a wild hunch. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I would not have guessed that uh, Sainz has more podiums than, um, than Leclerc. That's, that's, that's a good start. I didn't, I didn't know that one, Dev. Fair enough. Um, Louis? This year, yeah. oh, the, oh, this season. Okay, fair enough. He has been more consistent overall. Louis, what's your top three predictions? Um... I think I'm going to, I'm actually going to go with a Ferrari win. So I'm going to go with Charles Leclerc to win. Max second and I'll go Russell on the podium. I think Russell does hold the lap record around Hungary. I think he did it in testing a good few years ago. So he's pretty good around this track himself. Um, so, I mean, I was saying, I was watching the race with my dad as usual this this weekend, just gone. And I said that, you know, Max Verstappen, he doesn't need to win these races coming up, you know, he can finish second and it's still a good result for him. So I could, I could see him maybe not properly going for it, but I also don't think that's in Max Verstappen's DNA, to be honest. Um, Phil, what are your top three predictions? Uh, I'm going to go a little different. I'll go Sergio Perez. I was going to say Red Bull and I was going to go with Chalk. I'll, I'll go with Checo Perez to get a victory here. Um, of course, he did win Monaco, albeit it was because of Ferrari's strategy, but um, he did win in Monaco. He had He's had a pole on, on a street circuit earlier this year, too. So, Checo, um, then uh, Ferrari with uh, Leclerc and Lewis Hamilton gets third. I was thinking George there, but I'll say we'll um, go with Lewis at one of his better best racetracks. Max, um, well, I'll say, I guess I'll save that for the next part. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not do the ball predictions just yet. Um, not straight away anyway. So, well, but it's ball prediction time for me. So I'm going to say, I'm going to go against all my gut instincts, everything that I've said for months now. I'm going to go against all of it. I'm going to wipe all of it clean. And I'm going to go with Daniel Ricciardo for a top five. He's been pretty dismal this season, to be honest. but. He is good round here. He did win round here in 2014 with one of his better years. Um, and he's had some yeah, very honestly, good results. Honestly, it's been a very cool season for me. Honestly, I mean, I've struggled really. 
that's that's not bad, Dev. I didn't know you could do a Daniel Ricciardo impression. That's all. No, no. I, I think I screwed it up. I should just uh, stick with Kimi. But yeah, no point talking about him anymore. So. Unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, Kimmy no longer with us in F1. Um, he will be racing at Watkins Glen in a cup car here in a few weeks' time, so you have to bring it out back for then. Is he? Is he really? Yeah, he's going to be in the Project 91 uh, track house. car for track house racing, which is uh, Justin Marks and um, Dale, um, otherwise known as Pitbull, Mr. 305. So he'll be driving for Mr. 305 in a few weeks. You know what? That's amazing. I, I can't wait. You know what? I've got to check that out. I had no idea that was happening. That has genuinely made my day, Phil. Thank you for that. <laughs> so we've had a few bold predictions from Dev already. Um, so we'll go to Louis. Uh, what's your bold prediction for this race? Well, I just I just uh, checked on the weather app to see what uh, the weather's oh. going to be like. And it's meant to be raining on Saturday and maybe some showers on Sunday. So... I'm going to keep my, my prediction for qualifying and just say Nicholas Latifi into Q3 in a wet poly. You know what? You're being we, far too kind to that man. I say points every single week. Every single week. And twice last year it came true. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can believe. <laughs> yeah, no. I, yeah, I mean, you are, you are very kind to Latifi always saying he gets points. I remember... Free, I mean, obviously, I've, I've, I'll mention it every time I get a chance because I'm that, you know, I'm that happy with it. But I did, I was at the Silverstone race this year, and no, nobody could quite believe what was happening with Latifi. No, everybody was like, "This can't last. There's no way he can keep going in, in the top ten in, in qualifying." And then the race he was in the points for most of it as well. We we were just waiting for him to slide out, and he did eventually. But you never know. It's Hungary. There are some real surprise results, and he did have his. I think he probably had his best result of the season last season too. Best result of his career. So who knows? Anything can happen in Formula One, and it usually does. But what are you predicting for your bold prediction, Phil? I'll go with uh, Sebastian Vettel makes Q3 with Aston Martin and gets a top six finish in the race on Sunday at a track where I think he's won three times. He almost won last year. Um, Then he goes and pulls that... uh, Aston Martin and it drives like a, a 2022 car instead of a 1922 car like he drove at Paul Ricard last <laughs> week. Um, you know, maybe we'll see him do that. <laughs> yeah, well, you never know. He, he is pretty good around here. He's run quite a few times, like you say. Um, so we'll have to see what happens. Uh, anything's possible, especially with rain as well. If it rains in qualifying, like Louis said, it, it's definitely possible. But the amount of times we've predicted it to rain during races on this show, and it just hasn't, it's, it's too many to count. It, we have predicted it to rain a lot more than it has, put it that way. It's not even a, not even a close number. Um, so, yeah, those, those are our predictions for the race. Um, I will give you guys a chance to plug your outlets. So I'll start with you, Dev. I mentioned that you're the co-founder of Formula One Chronicle. Obviously, we know what that is, but you've got some other side projects as well that you're very proud of, I'm sure. Sorry, I missed that one. No, I'm just saying you're the co-founder of uh, F1 Chronicle, which we know about, obviously. We know what goes on there because it hosts this show, but I'm sure you've got some other side projects as well, like your cricket site as well that you want to give a little plug to. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I began CoreatPoint.com uh, in 2017, but uh, it's essentially a cricket content website, pure serious cricket journalism with no space for uh, popcorn or clickbait reporting. That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's genuine content at the end of the day. It's like you said, it's not clickbait. It's proper journalism, which is 
very sadly becoming rarer and rarer these days. But you know, definitely check definitely check out that website if you're uh, if you're into your cricket. It's a good one for sure. Um, Always, always welcome, Dev. And uh, Louis, I mentioned that you're one of the co-hosts on this show, but I, yeah, you've got a blog, you've got a YouTube channel, you've got loads of things going on. Come on. That, now's the chance, man. All of which I stopped about a year ago. Um, Don't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, if you, want to, if, you, if you really want to sort of keep up with anything that I'm doing or any of my actual F1 or football opinions, uh, it's probably best to follow me on Twitter, which is at L underscore G underscore Edwards, um, or if you want to hear more of my F1 opinions, just subscribe to the uh, Grid Talk podcast. Nice one. I love that. The, the thumbs up as well, just so people know. People who are listening, Louis put the thumbs up there. So, yeah, just <laughs> leave a like and subscribe. <laughs> uh, Phil, I've mentioned that you're a part of the uh, Grip Strip podcast, and now's your chance to give a little elevator pitch on the, uh, on the GSP for us. Yeah, thanks, George. I mean, you're a former uh, guest on the show. Um, planning on having Tom, Tom Downey, and all of his um, questionable comments that he makes on my show. So it'll actually be, or we'll figure out. I don't know which, uh, where this content will happen, but during the uh, summer break, there's going to be an episode with the two of us just going off on Formula One. So look out for that. Myself, Josh Fine. Uh, do cover all things motorsports, really, um, two wheels or four wheels. So IndyCar, NASCAR, Formula One, motor, World Superbikes, MotoGP, as long as it goes fast, we usually talk about it on the Grip Strip podcast. We also talk about sports, other sports uh, at times, depending on uh, the time of the year or whatever different events. So um you can follow us at gripster pod on twitter you can follow me at philip g matthew on twitter and um josh at jp huffine and um he has a twitch stream where he goes and does iRacing and other gaming and he's pretty good at it so if you wanted to watch that as well we're also um at philipgmatthew.com i used to write uh once upon a time i've kind of put that on hold um I just pontificate on the podcast. And if you really want to hear what I think, then that's where you hear it or you see it on our YouTube page. And then um, I come on whenever there's a chance for me to come on here. So uh, thanks, George. And uh, great to see you, Dev. It's been a while. And Louis, as always. So um, thanks, everybody. And to Aiden for um, being the EP here. Yeah, absolutely. And our, our little production team doing a great job, as always. And yes, do definitely check out uh, Phil's podcast, Grid Strip Podcast. I, you know, honestly, I'm so looking forward to that podcast you're going to do with uh, Tom Downey. You two are the the cult heroes of uh, of, grip, of Grid Talk, I'd say. You know, you've got you've got your own little fan clubs in the, in the comments and and reviews. So I can't wait to see you guys on a collision course and absolutely just no holds bar <laughs> on on Formula One. I cannot wait to see it. Uh, so yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Um, and as well, I've got to give a mention to my website as well. Spotlight Pro has uh, has rebranded to uh, the Football Chronicle now. So if you're into football, you want to check out a football site as well, check out footballchronicle.com. Uh, that, that's just got going. And there's a few articles on there already, some written by, some wrote by me as well. So yeah, very proud of that. So looking forward to seeing how that grows and everything. Um, and yes, if you want to check out what we do on other platforms as well. We're also available on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Music, Verbal, Omni Studio, Pocket Cast, and the F1 Chronicle website, f1chronicle.com. In addition to YouTube as well, I think we're getting close to 700 subscribers on our YouTube channel. And of course, we live stream the uh, the episodes as they go out like this one as well. So if you want to join in the live chat, 
you know, you're more than welcome. Any any kind of comments, uh, you know, more than welcome, and we can discuss with you after the show. After the show finishes. I would like to add one point about the Hungarian Grand Prix, which is coming up, and this is just a random um, recollection of the fact, guys. 2017 Hungarian Grand Prix, and I think this is just one of the reasons why we have to look forward to Fernando Alonso in the coming few days. Would you guys believe it? Who set the fastest lap in that 2017 race? Uh, a season where Mercedes versus Ferrari was at its peak. It was Fernando Alonso in that McLaren. Began um, eighth on the grid, finished sixth, scored points on the penultimate lap, scored, set the fastest lap of the race. Just one of the reasons why Alonso uh, is going to be so exciting to watch. And I, as Phil had said that it's such a successful track for him in the past. Yeah, he won his first race there in 2003. And in 2017, a little fact for you, I was at that race. So I do know that fact. Um, you were awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, my, my, my arms and my legs and my neck and everything were as red as a Ferrari shirt by then because it was 35 degrees and beaming sunshine. Uh, factor 50 can only go so far i'm afraid <laughs> but yes it was it was a hell of a time i love that race i'd love to go back to the American grand prix highly recommend you go to that track if you ever get a chance to go to one in europe it's one of the cheapest ones and the people are great the circuit's fantastic viewing and the weather's usually nice as well and of course the beer is very cheap which goes down very well with the germans and the Finns who flocked that track as well so there we go can't complain there um so yeah and if you want to hear some more action from the hungarian grand prix weekend we'll be back at 5 p.m bst on saturday to analyze qualifying for the hungarian grand prix thank you for joining us lads as always really do appreciate it no worries thank you yes guys thank you for having me on the show uh, always welcome yeah thank you for coming on and thank you as well to everybody who's listening and downloaded and watched this episode we love everyone here and uh yeah we'll see you on saturday for the next one thank you very much and goodbye <laughs>